The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Because I'm happy. on the last Wednesday of the month, so that means Dr. Gans is here. Another segment of how does that make you feel? And boy, you, you huh? arrived just in the nick of time, buddy. <laughs> I need to depress, I'm not depressed. What's the, what's decompress. the decompress a little go. bit here? Yeah, yeah, but Gans's voice is sounding like <laughs> a little gravelly today. Yeah, well, what's it's going a little on deeper and gravelier than normal. I'm just on the backside of a cold, so oh you know. my goodness. Like wow. Whole new Gans. <laughs> <laughs> you brought a guest in studio. Yes, I brought back up with me. Okay. <laughs> who have we got? Hi, Amanda. Hey. Amanda Knight, tell us about yourself. Oh, uh, well, I'm a Brit and <laughs> I came here 10 years ago and absolutely love Edmonton. Um, this is our home now. I'm just so grateful to be here. Um, my passion is emotional intelligence, um, particularly in leadership. I'm, I just want the world to be filled with emotionally intelligent leaders if we could possibly what, did, what, what is an emotionally intelligent leader? Uh, big question. <laughs> big quick. Yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> um, in a nutshell, it's somebody who actually cares about their people and actually understands themselves enough to understand the impact that they have mm. on their people. And, and you know, emotional intelligence, it's, it's really been around, I don't know, since the 80s as a term, right? Um, but it's, it's it, the more research we do on it, the more we find that that's a bigger predictor for success, health, money, relationships than a lot of other things that uh, we thought were like in terms of performance and performance job performance or even school performance they found emotional intelligence was a higher predictor than even IQ Hmm. for a lot of this stuff so it's a a big big field that a lot of people don't know about. So we're talking about gaining success in the workplace or in the home? All across the board because these principles and this is why I wanted Amanda to come with me today because you know she works in the HR space and the corporate space a lot and she's done a lot of research and actually you, you even developed your own instrument to um, measure emotional intelligence leaders and what, what we find is that you know in one arena or one area of study this can be a commonplace thing what, what, whatever the concept is but as soon as you apply it to another thing it's ground groundbreaking mm-hmm. and there are lots of best practices concepts strategies that happen in HR and leadership and corporate that we can actually use in our everyday lives to make our lives better make our relationships richer and have our families function better I've always thought that um, like great managers are a special breed and I think sometimes I think that there should be I think there are some folks that you could send to, to school and and you could teach them all that you want and they'd still be a crappy manager. <laughs> some people who who just have it in them, and I, I don't know what that is. That is, is the emotional intelligence. Is that emotional right. intelligence? Exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that the difference? Yeah. And, and there's different schools of thought around whether or not it's something that we're born with 
or whether it's something that we can actually develop. And it's my my belief and my experience that we can absolutely develop it. I agree. So we shouldn't we shouldn't pigeonhole people that you know they're never going to be able to be a good leader. They may not ever be the best leader in the world, you know, in terms of the people focus, but mm-hmm. they still can they can move the needle quite away with the right interventions and the right stuff. So. But isn't that interesting though? Because we've done a series recently on on leadership, mm-hmm. and so we've had uh, business leaders, sports leaders, Ian talking about it, and for them, for I think every single person that we talked to, it was about the people mm-hmm. and about. Um, not just leading them, but having them follow. Um, what was the yeah. definition? Well, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm that? trying to remember it myself. But it was basically we saw common themes among, uh, like a, uh, an, a CFL quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, premier of a province, uh, the head of a, a corporation, mm-hmm. and some of those uh, some of those principles that, w- that were the same across the board were a building team and mm-hmm. uh, motivating people to follow as opposed to mm-hmm. simply leading and caring. Uh, or understanding what individuals' goals were and right. how to focus those goals into uh, achieving your corporate mm-hmm. goal and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But these were all, it seemed like as we picked apart each of their histories, that this was something they had had within them. You you take a all look at along. the head of a, yeah, yeah, head of a corporation and it turns out, you know, he used to be a skate sharpener, but he, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But he was able to get everyone in the shop to do oh. it in a certain way that ended up elevating him uh, or her uh, beyond the current situation. Yeah, I think uh, there was. Um, uh, I can't remember. It was years ago, and there was a, a university um, speaker who who was speaking to the graduates, and he was saying that the the best leaders are the ones that have had great parents. Uh-huh. So actually, encouraging them to think about what kind of parents do you want to be in the future, because that's actually going to determine you know how your kids show up and how they grow up. Mm. So I, you know, as, as I say, I think. Yes, there are absolutely people that are born with high empathy, mm-hmm. that that just genuine caring for people. Uh, but then you have great leaders who are just out there able to make things happen, and you know somehow we can we can still get them to learn how to do things in a way that's going to be beneficial for the people. And a lot of the time, it's cause, just because they don't know how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never been exposed never, to it. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. certainly us you know grown-up children now we weren't given that that handbook at school about Uh, managing our emotions and understanding our prejudices and our biases so you know let's let's give them that and then let's measure them Uh and then decide Mm. what we're going to do with them if they're not showing up that's interesting because back in the day when i was in university so you know decades ago Uh we talked about and i don't know if it's still a common expression but the peter principle and the the peter principle simply was that you get elevated to your level of incompetency right right? (laughs) Um, so, you know, a good salesman uh, becomes a sales manager, right. but if they'd have left him as a salesman, he would have been far more productive yeah. for the company, right? Absolutely. But as a leader, he falls short, yeah. and now he gets fired down the road because he's a horrible manager, yeah. and right? Who's, and whose fault's that? Because the company put him in that position right. and right. expected him to suddenly m- amazingly have these leadership skills um, that he obviously wasn't born with. Um, you know, occasionally there will be the one that can can run with it. But um, this was, you know, a lot of the work that I did in HR was around the the uh, the company, the organisation taking responsibility for putting leaders in place and giving them what they need, giving them the training that they need. <clears throat> so many people grow up through the ranks because, as you say, they were good at the technical thing, right. and then you expect them to be good at leadership. They're Wayne Gretzky comes to mind, uh, the best hockey player who ever laced up skates. Uh, not a great coach. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having, having the ability to do something doesn't mean right. you can lead others to do the same. Well, and, and that's the problem. I mean, people get rewarded with a higher position because that's kind of how our thing is set up typically, right? It's But that's that we need to really look at the system because, you know, you can promote somebody and now, you know, I'm, I'm good at this, but I can't teach it or I can't motivate other people to do well. But I want to go back just for a second to the a point you made about, you know, good parents being um, sort of the, the foundation of good uh, emotional intelligence, good EQ. Right. And that's, the, you know, it, it totally makes sense because if you have a loving, calm home where you are allowed to express your emotions, you're allowed to have emotions, first of all, and then taught and modeled healthy ways to express that, mm-hmm. you know yourself better, but you also know how to connect with people in a much, a much more natural way. And so, yeah, there are certain principles that can be learned but but you know if you sort of learn them as you're growing up then they seem like they're natural or or innate right interesting because there's got to be a massive difference between being able to convince people of your ways and and manipulate them right lead the you know leadership and manipulation probably two entirely different things (laughs) depending on your upbringing (laughs) that's right yeah yeah and and i think again this comes back to my earlier point about you know where's the care do you actually care? Is it coming from your heart or is it coming from um, your head where you're trying to manipulate and control something? Um, and getting people to, um, Gansu, you just said, you know, get people to get in touch with their feelings helps them reconnect with that deeper part of themselves. Maybe even learning mm. to care about themselves right. is, mm. is part of the, you know, mm-hmm. the first part no, of the journey. It's the first part, yeah. One of the things, um, Amanda, um, and, and Gans, you had mentioned this, you're the creator of the Successful Relationships Questionnaire, questionnaire a powerful assessment tool for building healthy relationships with self and others. Um, what would be on that questionnaire? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there are, there's this concept called emotional health. And the idea, and it's been, it's been around since the 1950s, and um, part of the questionnaire explores this. And the idea is that to ultimately have a healthy relationship with anybody, we need to have, we need to be in touch with our deeper selves and understand ourselves. And this is what the, the framework of emotional intelligence is actually, is um, having that self-awareness to be able to then manage ourselves effectively, but also having the other awareness so that we can actually be interested in the other person and and help them, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, be who they can be and have a great relationship because of that. So the way to look at emotional health is how how do I feel about myself? What's my self-regard like? Mm -hmm. And actually, how much do I really, truly, honestly care about other people mm-hmm. because there's one thing to have empathy which is to pick up on where other people are at but actually do I see you as a fellow human being who's just trying to do the best you can with what you've got which is what we're all trying to do you know all of us were born into our own situations mm-hmm. unique situations none of us can actually truly be empathic in terms of knowing exactly how someone else can feel because we haven't had their life. We haven't had their experiences. We don't have their personality. And so the the tool is really about helping people get underneath what's what their level of self-awareness is and their, their really their regard for others and how true that is. Because without it, you're not going to create those great relationships. But at a corporate level, how do you teach empathy? So I want somebody to be my new vice president 
How do I sit down and have that conversation? Before I promote you, I'd like to know how empathetic you are towards your employees. Mm, that's a great question. The, the, the quickest and easiest way is to get feedback from other people. So what, what have people who have worked for that leader said to, the, to you know, or will say about that person? Because that's their experience of actually their, that true empathy. Um, you, there are tools like 360 tools where you will actually get a whole different group of people will actually answer the questionnaire about that person. And so they might show up one way with one group, like their senior managers, they might be great at empathy there, but actually treat their direct reports really badly and not mm. have any empathy for those. So getting feedback from other people, I think, if you're wanting to recruit someone in, you've got to find out how they landed as a leader. And I, I, my experience is that a lot of times people don't, this is kind of such a new way of thinking that a lot of times just even having the awareness of the concept of empathy and what it actually is can actually help promote and grow empathy in an individual. And then, you know, if you have like good models in your environment, like a coach, either from outside the corporation or inside or outside the family or inside, that can help you to see, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what this is what it um, it feels like when I have it. And here are the results that I see when they're external to me. So... Okay, hmm. um, I think we've heard we've heard the word empathy mm -hmm. a lot. For those who don't, I said, yeah, I've heard a lot. But what does it mean? Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll give my definition, then you yeah. can jump in with yours, right? So really, empathy is really having a sense of what another person may be going through. So we don't have to know specifically. We were talking off air about not physically being in somebody else's body or their experience, so we don't always know exactly what the other person goes through. But understanding that it's something. Understanding that it's it's something and, and, and being able to relate it back to something that we may have experienced, mm. right? And so being able to understand that other people have feelings, even if we don't, we're not, um, we're not in that space physically or, or emotionally ourselves, understanding that it's real for them and that, that there have been other things or other times that have been real for us mm. that was important for us. So if it's important for us then, maybe it's important for them now, even if I don't quite get it. I was going to say, so we might not get it. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't have to get it. <laughs> we just have to know that there's something to get. Because don't isn't a natural reaction to say, I don't want to come up with a specific situation, right. but somebody is stressed out over something. Yeah. And you, you oh, calm down. That's nothing. Let me tell you what. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you go, man, That's if nothing. I fell apart that easily, I, I wouldn't be able to come to work in the morning. You know, that right. kind of thing. But there probably is something that you do fall apart that easily on that somebody else might look at and say, well, what's Andrew going on about? Mm -hmm. what's, that, what's that problem, right? Yeah, that's true. And so, so it's that, it's just understanding that there is, that we all have those biases based on just like, you know, the body and life we're born into. But that doesn't mean that our way is the only way. That there are other... What? Other, I know. <laughs> shocking news. Shocking news. But <laughs> other people can experience things differently, believe it or not. I'm, I'm trying not to make eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what's going on right now. Okay, you know what? It's 3.20. Let's take a quick break here when we come back, Gans Ferentz. Uh, Dr. Gans joining us in studio and Amanda Knight uh, as we talk about why well, we're just kind of I don't even know what we're talking about still really but we're going to move into um, how you can use successful strategies in different areas of you mm -hmm. use it in business how you can apply it at home maybe the other way around we'll get into that this is interesting stick around Alrighty. 
Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us in studio along with Amanda Knight, um, the founder and CEO of SRQ Training and Assessment Incorporated, which is an Edmonton-based consultancy focused on developing the emotional intelligence of workplace leaders. Hmm. And so um, as we get to this next part, we wanted to get into the business strategies that you can use at home. And when I first read this, this came across my desk at a perfect time, let me tell you. Um, I thought, oh, Oh, okay. Well, wouldn't we just normally use these at home anyway? But I don't think maybe we do. We'll start with resilience. Let's talk about that. Resiliency. Mm-hmm. Well, res- resilience for me is it's it's the sense of knowing who you are and actually being able to use that to bounce back when things go wrong. Because un- unless you have that in a compass that tells you what's important, it's going to be difficult to actually respond in a way that's going to help you move forward because you're going to be re- reacting from emotion, essentially. <laughs> um, so, yes, we, you know, I suppose the, the, the reason for why we've kind of connected workplace with home is because so many leaders get access to training these days. So we do a lot of training of our leaders. So let's make sure that they understand they can use these tactics back Absolutely. in the work. Absolutely. G- give me an example of resilience because I'm not quite getting it. Okay, so resilience. So something happens, uh, let's say you have some really bad news. Uh, something about a, fa- a family member who's you know, just been diagnosed with something horrible. Um, on top of that, your boss has actually just ripped your presentation to shred at work. And suddenly there are, there's all this stuff going on that's just you know, starting mm-hmm. to stop you from actually thinking it's overwhelming. clearly. Yeah. So you can't think clearly because actually what's going on is it's triggered a ton of emotion that's come up from probably your childhood that reminded you of, of how something way, way back when, when this happened before and you didn't cope well. And so we, we get into these patterns and beliefs that we're, we can't get through it. And, and that's physiological, by the way. That's not absolutely. that's not a choice. That just happens automatically. Yeah, yeah. And so, being being aware of our emotions, getting in touch with them, and understanding that this is this is what happens when I get stressed, mm-hmm. helps you then manage it, um, because you're the only one that can manage it, rather than actually relying on you know, medications or whatever. So there's lots of different things that you can do to build your resilience when things happen. And one of the things that, um, you know, we we talk about a lot is self-care. Do you actually give yourself the time that you need? You know, when you you go on an airplane and they say, um, they do the safety talk and they say, you know, if you have a child next to you, um, and you're the parent, make sure that you put your oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. you know, when, if something happens. Before because you assist, you won't yep, be able yeah. to actually help anybody mm-hmm. else if you haven't. And this is exactly the same premise for, for managing your own resilience. Learning That's to say no. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. That's a big one. It's a huge one. Well, it's, it's you know, learning to say no is managing your own your own state because if you're saying yes to everything it's very easy to be depleted Uh it's very easy to run you know run yourself into the ground and then you don't have that resilience then you know i I call resilience how bouncy is your butt right (laughs) you fall down how quickly can you get back up well you can't get back up if you're in a chronic state of stress or if you're a chronic state of overwhelm and just barely hanging on you got no no uh buffer then any little thing that comes that's gonna that's gonna um, take you down, right? So, but 
it's it it all boils down to self-care and making sure that you understand yourself so that you can actually um, look after yourself so you can be there for the things and the people that are important to you. There are five business strategies that you can use at home. We've just talked about resilience. Uh, when we come back, open mind open-mindedness <laughs> is number two on the list. Stick around. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.